The debate over whether Apple should comply with a court order to disable security features to allow the FBI access to the iPhone 5C, recovered from the terrorist who killed 14 people in San Bernardino, California, centers on rigid views voiced by both sides. Apple CEO Tim Cook, appearing on CBS's 60 Minutes, says helping law enforcement circumvent protections built into the device would set in motion a series of steps that ultimately would threaten the privacy of customers the product is intended to protect. There have been people that suggest that we should have a back door. Uh, but the reality is if you put a back door in, that back door is for everybody, for good guys and bad guys. Appearing on the same program, FBI Director James Comey offered an equally stark view on circumventing the safeguards to access the encrypted data on the iPhone. The notion that uh, we would market devices that would allow someone to place themselves beyond the law uh, troubles me a lot. I am a big supporter of the rule of law, uh, but as a country, I don't know why we would want to put people beyond the law. That is, uh, sell cars with trunks that couldn't ever be opened by law enforcement with a court order, or sell an apartment that could never be entered, even by law enforcement. But the matter isn't necessarily as black and white as characterized by Cook and Comey. Here's GOP presidential candidate and Florida Senator Marco Rubio talking earlier this week with CNN's Anderson Cooper. Today, uh, there's encryption, I think it's standard on the new Apple. And, um, and what it does is it protects your privacy. If you lose your iPad, if you lose your phone, no one can hack into it and get your information. So that's why it's there. Here's the thing though, if you required by law, if we passed a law that required Apple and these companies to create a backdoor, number one, criminals could figure that out and use it against you. And number two, there's already encrypted software that exists, not only now, but in the future, created in other countries. We would not be able to stop that. So there would still be encryption capabilities that just wouldn't be American encryption capabilities but people in this country could have it. So that's why this is such a difficult issue, because on the flip side of it, there might be valuable information on that phone from the San Bernardino killers that could lead us to preventing future crimes or, or future attacks, future terrorist attacks. Where do you and so, so I think we're going to have to figure out a way forward by working with Silicon Valley and the tech industry on this. There has to be a way to deal with this issue that continues to protect the privacy of Americans, but creates some process by which Law enforcement and intelligence agencies could access encrypted information. I don't have a magic solution for it today. It's complicated. It's a new issue that's emerged just in the last couple of years. But I do know this. It will take a partnership between the technology industry and the government to confront and solve this. This case might be a good one to foster such discussions. Here's Bruce McConnell of the think tank East-West Institute and former top cybersecurity policy advisor at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. There's not a situation here where there is uh, life and limb is at stake, where we're talking the advances or the crime has occurred. You know, it's a horrible crime, and we need to have all the information possible. But in this case, it's not an emergency. It's a hard case because it's a very emotional case. And as they say, uh, hard cases can make bad law. But I think it's important that we have the conversation. I would prefer the conversation occur in the legislature rather than the judicial system. But the Justice Department has decided to bring it to the courts. I hope the courts are careful and don't overreach or give up in either way, but continue to allow larger societal discussion to occur. What's at the core of this impasse are the security features found on the iPhone 5C. The device used by the San Bernardino gunman, Rizwan Farouk, who died along with his accomplice and wife in a shootout with police. The iPhone 5C has a security feature that after 10 unsuccessful login attempts, the data on the device would be wiped out. The FBI feared that if it kept using brute force to guess at the password, they'd lose any evidence the mobile device holds. They turned to Apple for help, but after talks broke down, the FBI sought the court order. Cryptographer and author Bruce Schneier doesn't see the two sides compromising. 
The FBI picked this case because it wants a precedent. And if you think about it, it's the perfect case. Nobody denies that it'll be a good idea to get into the San Bernardino killer's iPhone. There is a vulnerability that exists that Apple has the expertise to exploit. The FBI could do it themselves, probably, but you know, it, it's expensive and they don't have the manpower. So this is the kind of assistance that the FBI knows that Apple can provide. There are going to be harder cases further on, but this one makes a good precedent. I think that's why both sides are very strongly entrenched here. If the stalemate continues, the courts will eventually decide and the appeals process could take months or years before a final decision will be made. Many in the tech community encourage law enforcement not to be focused on circumventing encryption, but look for other technologies, such as metadata, to help track down the bad guys. What needs to be done is to balance law enforcement's need to thwart criminals and terrorists with protecting individual citizens' privacy rights that could be jeopardized if authorities force technology vendors to weaken the safeguards built into their systems. Purdue University computer science professor Gene Spafford puts this standoff in perspective. Our system of justice, our, our whole society, doesn't function perfectly. We don't apprehend every criminal. We don't successfully prosecute everyone who's actually committed a criminal act. The system is intended to err on the side of those who are innocent and to protect the privacy and rights of everyone. And occasionally there will be some bad guys who are going to slip through. That needs to be understood here in context of the technological issues of privacy is that the greater good is probably going to be to give the strongest protections we can to everybody who's, who are doing things legitimately. And we're going to have to improve our mechanisms for finding the bad guys without endangering the good guys. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro.